Good morning and welcome to Shoe Radio with me, Kian Ward, and Dan Stacey with me as well this morning. It's going to be another fun-filled two hours with us over, uh, well, I was going to say over the next two hours. But before we get into any of that, we're going to go straight into the bulletins and the news and the sport with Will Pye and John Whiffin. Ian, these are your headlines at 10am. The first British civilians to be rescued from Sudan have arrived in Cyprus. More flights are expected later as a military attempts to get hundreds out of the war-torn country during a 72-hour ceasefire. British troops have been working on the ground, helping up to 4,000 UK passport holders escape. RAF pilot Tom Hamilton says they're trying hard to rescue as many people as possible. We are working with um, partner countries, uh, with various aircraft types uh, entering airfields down in Sudan to extract the personnel. We are deconflicting on the ground and in the air to make sure we operate safely and efficiently uh, to get out. MPs will debate government proposals later to prevent small boat crossings over the English Channel. The illegal migration bill would change the law to make it clear that people who use that route will not be able to stay in the UK. More than 5,000 migrants have arrived on small boats so far this year. The Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, says they're criminals. People who are coming here illegally are breaking our laws. They are criminals and they don't have a right to be here. That is at odds with our values of upholding the rule of law. But the Council of Europe, which promotes human rights, says the right to seek asylum is a fundamental right. Price rises in the UK will stay persistent if people and businesses don't accept they are now poorer. That's the warning from the Bank of England's chief economist about those who've responded to higher costs by asking for higher wages or are charging customers more money. Hugh Pill told the Beyond Unprecedented podcast, doing that just makes inflation worse. That reluctance to accept that yes, we're all worse off and we all have to take our share, to try and pass that cost onto one of our compatriots that pass the parcel game that's going on here that game is one that is just generating inflation a football match is taking place next month to raise funds for four-year-old son of a former sheffield wednesday player who is recovering from cancer former players will take part in the game between sheffield wednesday and sheffield united on the 14th of may tommy spurs son rio had months of chemotherapy and surgery to remove three tumors Doctors have warned the family Rio is likely to relapse, in which event they will seek treatment abroad. And finally, a life-sized bust of King Charles has been made from more than 17 litres of melted celebrations chocolates in the build-up to the coronation. An expert team of model makers studied hours of footage of the king to capture his likeness. The sculpture weighs more than 23 kilograms and took four weeks to create. And now to John Whiffin with your sport. Thanks, Will. First to the Crucible, where we're at the quarter-final stage. Seven-time champion Ronnie O'Sullivan maintained a healthy 10-6 overnight lead over Kluka Bressel. Having trailed 6-2 when play resumed, Bressel opened with a superb 1-2-8 break as he fought back to 6-4 and 8-6. However, O'Sullivan's superior match play saw him repeatedly respond, and two half-centuries of his own saw him remain on course for a 14th Crucible semi-final. Elsewhere, Mark Selby fought back from 4-1 down to draw level at 4-4, with fellow four-time champion John Higgins. It leaves their best of 25 encounter perfectly poised when it resumes at 2.30 this afternoon. Burnley boss Vincent Company says he's delighted after his side secured the championship title last night. They were crowned champions after a 1-0 victory at Wales Lancashire rivals Blackburn. They've been praised throughout the do- for their domination of the league, but Company said they've not always been able to play attractive football. You've got to do what the game demands, 
and at times you got that free-flowing football, but at times it's like today it's been, you know, I can remember Stoke away, um, uh, Sheffield United, all these games, and you just got to find a way. They can be joined in the Premier League tonight by Sheffield United, should they secure a victory over West Brom at Bramwell Lane. The Blades are currently six points clear of third-place Luton, but they have four games remaining to the Hatters too. And back to you guys. Blues, I'm singing again. 
Well done, yeah. A very good morning um, to Shoe Radio with, with me, Kim Warden. I'm joined again, as I was by yesterday, with, of course, Dan Stacey. Dan, good morning. How are we today? I'm very well, Kim. Thank you. Thank you. Well, say thank you for having me. We're, yeah. here, we're here sort of... Co-hosting. Yeah, but... say, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're equals, and that's, yeah. that's how it should be. But no, I'm very excited. Well, 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 quickly, before we move on to talking about uh, the football and all sorts that's coming up in the sporting world, uh, have a look for it, what's what's going on today. Uh, we're going to have a look at some of the TV uh, that's going on in the world. Obviously, I'm a celebrity returned over the past couple of nights. Will, will Pye will be with us to talk to us about that. We're also going to have a chat as well about Ted Lasso, which is coming towards the, the end of its final season and the, uh, I suppose, the topics that uh, it's uh, it's covered over the past kind of three or so seasons. And uh, we're also, well, it's National Pretzel Day, apparently. Is that right? It is. It's National Pretzel Day, so we'll be having a chat about bakeries and that sort of, you know, what's your what's your order at a bakery? That's always always a good little chat mm. to have. And yeah. perhaps more importantly, it's National Food Waste Day. And we sent our man Dan Hickey out last night to do a food show about using leftovers to uh, create a meal. And it's yeah. fair to say it went quite hectically, so it's <laughs> it's definitely worth sticking around for that one. But um, as Keen T's there, as Keen T's there, we are joined... Right now, by sport correspondent John Whiffin to talk about the events of last night in the football world, where, well, Burnley secured promotion to the Premier League as champions. Uh, that's big news for Sheffield United, of course, who now are very much fighting for second place in League One. Sheffield Wednesday's promotion bids were dealt a huge blow by Ipswich and Plymouth, both picking up much needed victories. And, of course, Leeds in the Premier League threw away a one goal lead to draw one all with Leicester City in a relegation six-pointer. Now, John, we'll start on Burnley just winning the championship. Uh, they've deserved it all season, haven't they? They've been by far the best team in the division. And I think, well, you know more about championship football than I do, but from what I've heard and from what I've seen, I think they're pretty much the best championship team ever that I've seen. What, what about from your point of view? Uh, Points-wise, I don't think they will be, but it, there are, there are lots, of, lots of good championship teams. Burnley have been very impressive um, and I suppose it's testament to Sheffield United in a way that they are still they're relatively they're on the coattails exactly um, of course they they met a couple of weeks ago and Sheffield United went down in that game so that was really the the turning point in the in the title race but as, as far as Burnley are concerned they've, they definitely deserve it uh, in terms of League One we mentioned there Ipswich and Plymouth both picking up victories last night and that's all of Sheffield Wednesday's automatic promotion hopes out the window, I'd suggest. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they could technically still catch them, but they would need both Ipswich and Plymouth not to win either of their final games, which does look pretty unlikely at this stage. So it does look like Sheffield uh, Wednesday rather will be in the playoffs. Um, they're, they're very secure in there, so it looks like they're going to have to go through that route this year. That's absolutely correct. I mean, yeah, there was a, a while ago, say a couple of months ago, looks as though it would be Sheffield Wednesday and one other being uh, promoted automatically but that torrid run a couple of months ago where I think it was one win in eight for Darren Moore's side really uh, really allowed Plymouth and Ipswich back in and it appears that they have very much overtaken them and passed them so it'll be uh, Wednesday in the playoffs uh, Barnsley who lost to uh, Ipswich last night are also in the playoffs and I believe a team that Wednesday might be playing Bolton Wanderers lost last night to uh, relegation threatened Accrington Stanley. So it's fair to say that everyone in the playoffs is having a little bit of a wobble right now. Yeah, you can wipe your, that smile off your face at the sight of uh, Bolton losing. <laughs> uh, but I think Sheffield Wednesday are coming into the playoffs in good form, which is important. If you come into the playoffs having lost your last few, 
then you're going with no confidence. But it's better that they had their blip a couple of months ago. They've now won three of the last four, and they come in in good form, looking up and looking towards the future. Absolutely. And uh, just, I guess, to touch on, on the Premier League action, as we covered there with, with Leeds, drawing one all with uh, with Leicester City in, like I mentioned, a, a relegation six-pointer, really. Uh, it leaves Leeds outside the bottom bottom three, but they could drop into it if results go against them. And the same, the same is to be said for Leicester. Uh, elsewhere, Aston Villa picked up a important win against Fulham in their Europa League bid, and Wolves defeated Crystal Palace in what has pretty much become a mid-table clash. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, very much so. Um, I think Leeds versus Leicester was definitely the game of the night, and it was actually a really entertaining game. It wasn't it wasn't high quality. Um, James Madison clearly the best player on the pitch. But Leeds had the chance to win it. I don't know whether you've seen Patrick Bamford missed from about three yards out in the last couple of minutes. And it's one of those, if they win that, they go to 34 points. That's pretty much, would have pretty much seen them safe. Yeah. So you think if it comes down to that at the end of the season and it comes down to that one kick, you have to feel sorry for him. Absolutely. Well, that's your daily dose of football covered. Of course, Yorkshire second eleven in cricket are very much underway against Warwickshire. It was lovely to see Johnny Bairstow return yesterday with a 97 off uh, 88 balls, I believe. So really, really proving that Basball lives high and well. They're taking it back to the clubs, aren't they? Absolutely. It's uh, it's it's apparent that that's the the new model of cricket in uh, in England, and uh, it's lovely to see. Now, Kian, you're our resident snooker man. And we've got some games going on at the Crucible this morning, don't we? Yeah, there's all sorts going on at the Crucible. It's obviously quarter-final time now. Um, <clears throat> some quite interesting ties. And it appears that what has turned in at the opening stages of tournaments were a lot of the, the big hitters, I suppose, in the likes of you know Jack Lazowski and Stuart Bingham, who well, Bingham, obviously a former world champion himself, um, you know, was were brushed aside quite easily um, in the early stages of the tournament. And now we get into the games that really are... A lot more, I suppose, technically based. You know, there's a lot of close scores now. I know that Anthony McGill and, and C. Jouet, who's um, this is his first ever time playing at the Crucible, and he's made the quarterfinals, um, and he actually plays his snooker in in Sheffield, um, which is you know really quite great for for the sport in the city in general. Um, and he's actually talking about yesterday. He's he's, he's from he's, he is Chinese, and a few weeks ago, just before he, he played in, in the uh, qualifiers of the tournament, he had to qualify. Um, a couple of weeks ago, he, he managed to go home to, to China for the first time in about three, four years, which is, I think, has given him a bit of a boost going into the Absolutely. into the tournament. And you've got all sorts. Mark, Mark Allen and Jack Jones is a huge one. Eight always, you know, first to uh, first to thirteen frames. I think you know, uh, Jack Jones has <clears throat> already knocked out quite a few of the, of, of the biggish names. It's also his first time at the Crucible. Always, you know, trying to, uh, uh, I suppose, in theory. Uh, well, a, a, a novice in terms of when playing at the Crucible, trying to get to the semi-finals at the first attempt is incredibly impressive. And then, of course, you took the inevitable Ronnie O'Sullivan, who's of course bidding just to be unreal, and he's he's looking very, very good. I think there's only one man that can stop him. That's Mark Selby. And as it stands, they look like they could meet in the final, which means the Bank Holiday weekend could, well, really lead to one of the all-time great snooker matches and great Crucible finals if those two, you know, can live up to the hype. If they do, do you have a prediction for us for that final? Oh, I just think you can't not back Ronnie. Um, I just think he's he's very very good, and uh, when it comes to those big games, he knows exactly how to win it as a Selby. But it'll be tight, whatever happens. But yeah. Interesting few days at the, at the Crucible, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, um, thanks for that. You know a lot more about snooker than I do, it's fair to say. <laughs> now uh, we'll be just playing a little song here and then we'll be back with our final sport chat. We'll be chatting to a Sheffield United fan about their potential promotion this evening.
Sheesh. Mm. <laughs> Girl, I'm about to have a panic attack. I did the work. It didn't work. I, 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 that truth, it hurts. That damn, it hurts. I, I, that lovey-dovey shit was not a fan of it. I'm good with my friends. I don't want a man. Girl, I'm in my bed. I'm way too fine to be here alone. On the other hand, I know my worth. Calling me, why do I feel like this? What happened to me? Supposed to love somebody else when I don't like myself. Like, ooh, guess I better learn to like this. Ooh, it might take my whole life just to do. He called me Melly, he squeezed my belly. I'm too embarrassed to say I like it. Girl, is this my boo? That's why I'm asking you, cause you know I've been through. Thank you very much, Lizzo, for that. That was lovely. Now, we're joined now by Sheffield United fan Kaylee ahead of this evening's game at home to West Brom in which the Blades can secure promotion back to the Premier League at the, well, the second, second time. Last second time. attempt, isn't it? Yeah, yes, second attempt. They, they came close last year, but it would appear this year that they are all but there. Kaylee, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, John. Hi, thank you very much. Um, we... As as you know, we're uh, previewing the Sheffield United game this this evening. Yeah. Um, West Brom are the team travelling to Bramall Lane, where you've got a, a brilliant record this season. Are you, are you confident ahead of the game? Yeah. Well, I, I, it's games like this you don't like to say, is it? Because like we can say, as you said last year, I went to Nottingham 
I went to Nottingham Forest last season in semi-final. I mean, playoff, um, playoff. Sorry. Yeah. I was all hopes. I was all excited. I was all. I was. I was very confident, as you said, and it didn't turn out how we wanted. We played brilliant for ninety minutes, and then a penalty shootout let us down. But um. Like I said, I can't. You can't dwell on that. Like it's this year. This season has been phenomenal. Like being there on Saturday and seeing that, and having been able to experience all of that, and then tonight being able to feel it before, and being able, maybe even being able to come back to Lane on Saturday and already being up. It's great, and it? It, it it could be a great feeling, but I don't like to be overly confident in games like this anymore because it's Sheffield United all can happen. They never make anything easy for themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that that seems to be the case with with everyone all over all over the country. I don't think anyone is ever feeling too confident about predicting something for their own team. Yeah, hundred um, percent. What do you think makes this team better? I I would say than than last year's team that of course fell at the final hurdle. I think the I think what makes I, I don't like to use the word better, but I think the what the things that's pushed us over this season. And I think is the togetherness of the squad. I think I know it's something easy to say, and it a lot of people can say. And you can say, yeah, all right, whatever, like. But you see it, you see it on the pitch, you see the like the the compact, the, the passion and the composure every player has when they're playing, and it's almost like you can tell that every single one of them wants it. That plays every single player this year is playing with the the one to push the club up, and it's like. There's been speculation recently online about um, Endive going to other clubs, and if you've seen it this morning and stuff. And all they're saying is, yes, that's obviously in the future, but we want to take this football club to the next level. That's what they deserve, and that's all we're bothered about. And you can tell, you can tell it in the players when they're playing. And I think, I think personally, that's the biggest thing: the togetherness of everyone, and the. Just like how Nicole and Heckenbottom and Jack Lester has been able to bring everyone together. It's something that we saw in the wilder days. And I, like I said, I don't like to dwell on stuff like that too much. I'm not someone of the past, but that's the togetherness that you, we're seeing again. Absolutely. Well, it's funny you mentioned players like Indai there because, of course, you've got him, you've got Sander Berger, you've got Anel Amahodzic. I'm going to say that. Let's hope that's right. But these are all <laughs> yeah. players that you know, probably could be playing in the Premier League right now. And are you confident that if you do uh, make the step up into the Prem that you'll be able to keep hold of these players? I'm really, I hope so. Obviously, a few of them aren't out of action, aren't out of contracts until the, the big players, like the ones you, well, I say the big players, I don't like to name them like that, but the players like the ones you've just mentioned, the ones that possibly could, would say would be in the Premier League already, their contracts aren't, up yet not that not that that means anything obviously we know that but what i'm saying is i personally think they'll all be fine and die what you've got to think is if we go up the money that you get from going up and hopefully if this new owner comes in obviously the embargo's just being lifted magically so yep. hopefully yep. dozy's doing a bit of magic behind the scenes and he's taken over and if that's the case i don't think united has to worry about money so your players like Hillman and I, I don't think you have to worry about them leaving. Yeah, that not yet anyway. Sense. Absolutely, and also I suppose the the law of the Premier League football is uh, well is irrelevant if you're if you're in it with him. So 
you'd like to think that with the relationship that the fans have obviously built with him and I mean I'm a I'm a Wigan fan and I was there just a couple of weeks ago and his his chant was ringing around Bramall Lane for for most of the game after his after his goal and uh, it stop. exactly <laughs> so you'd, you'd like to think that that's enough to to keep someone like him around exactly I hope so it's, I I don't think United has had a player at the club that the fans love so much since Billy Sharp. Wow. And that's me being honest. I've, I'm 19, I've had a season ticket for 17 years. I honestly, I don't believe it. I've seen players after players after players come in and go, and I honestly believe that the fans haven't connected so well with the player since maybe Billy Sharp, even maybe Dean Henderson. That, 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 <clears throat> that, it's that gel, obviously, it's that that togetherness and it's yeah I, I think it's great obviously bringing it back to this evening's game um west brom it's, it's quite rare at this time of the se- this time of the season especially that you find two teams coming up against each other that actually still both have something to fight for obviously west brom win tonight themselves and will leapfrog sunderland at millwall and blackburn up into the playoffs just uh, what mm-hmm. kind of threat do you, do you expect the, them them to pose like i say today's not an easy game like this is what Everyone keeps saying, like, I keep seeing stuff all over Twitter and stuff and already this morning about how, like, tonight it's done and all this and other. And it's not going to be an easy game. Like you said, West Brom have got just as much to fight for as we have. It's not a game of just us playing an underdog team and it'll be an easy win and it's just a, it's a tally up of some points, but it's not, that's not the case tonight. It's literally going to be two teams that want, that's going to go at it with everything they've got and West Brom aren't a bad side. Absolutely, and well. They've not been played, I know obviously they, they lost the other night or whatever, but before that they've not been playing too bad either recently, so. Mm. Well, the championship, as they say, is one of the most unpredictable, if not the most unpredictable league in the world. And so, yeah, who knows? Maybe tomorrow morning we'll be chatting to Kaylee again, uh, but this time she, with a sore head. Yeah, and, and and you'll be a, a supporter of a club that's will be playing in the Premier League next season. Let's hope for that at least. No, I know. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us, Kaylee. And you never know if you do win tonight, we might have to get you on again tomorrow morning. All right. <laughs> yes, no worries. Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy tonight. See you soon. I hope so. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. That was lovely. They're very confident there from a Sheffield United perspective, you have to say. Yeah, well, it's, it's we're talking to football supporters confident. Um, I know, absolutely. I go into games of football, whoever I watch, not really confident at all of getting a result. Um, and that, I think that's just because the teams that I've notoriously backed in the, historically in the past have always been at the other end of the table. Likewise. Um, likewise. <laughs> in comparison to, to where Sheffield United find themselves. But, you know, fair play to the job that Heckingbottom's done there. Because with the embargoes and all that stuff, you know, kept a lot of the squad from last season, which I think has gone, as Katie said, with the togetherness of the team. Yeah, fair play to him. If they go up, they, you know, fair, you know, really well done to him and credit to him. You know, like you said, the championship is the most unpredictable league, and you know, all chops and changes, and you can all chop and change again over the last few days. Now, who'd expect Luton to be in the position they are ten years ago? Absolutely. Well, we'll uh, we'll have reaction to that tomorrow morning. Uh, but for now, let's play another song, and then we'll be back with. John and Will for the news and sport.
80, my baby saved me, then played me and jammed in a sand. Well, uh, like a S said, she tried to correct me. She meant to protect me, but only betrayed me. Now, you're too proud to call. Guess I never knew. We got him. Like I said, very interesting chatting to Kaylee earlier. Uh, we're joined again for the news and sport with with Will and John. Uh, fellas, how are we this morning? Yeah, not too bad, thank you, Kian. How are you? Uh, yeah, tired. Very, very tired. I can, um, I can tell. Yeah, got in from 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 London at five a.m. this morning. Um, That's radio watching, for you. Watching football <laughs> last night. Um, maybe in hindsight, going all that way for a nil-nil draw. Um, probably wasn't the greatest idea. Very loyal um, supporter. Yeah, worth it. You know, f- you know, the great escape is potentially on for my my beloved Concord Rangers. So we'll see how that goes over the next few years. But anyway, uh, over to you with the with the news. Thank you, Kian. These are your headlines at eleven thir- ten thirty two even. 
The first British civilians to be rescued from Sudan have arrived in Cyprus. More flights are expected later as the military attempts to get hundreds out of the war-torn country during a 72-hour ceasefire. MPs will debate government proposals later to prevent small boat crossings over the English Channel. The illegal migration bill will change the law to make it clear that people who use that route will not be able to stay in the UK. Price rises in the UK will stay persistent if people and businesses don't accept they are now poorer. That's the warning from the Bank of England's chief economist about those who've responded to higher costs by asking for higher wages or are charging customers more money. And a football match is taking place next month to raise funds for the four-year-old son of former Sheffield Wednesday player who is recovering from cancer. Former players will take part in the game between Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield United on the 14th of May. Tommy Spurs' son, Rio, had months of chemotherapy and surgery to remove three tumours. And finally, a life-sized bust of King Charles has been made from more than 17 litres of melted celebrations chocolates in the build-up to the coronation. An expert team of model makers studied hours of footage of the king to capture his likeness. Now to the sport with John Whiffen. Thanks, Will. First to the Crucible, where we're at the quarter-final stage. Seven-time champion Ronnie O'Sullivan maintained a healthy 10-6 overnight lead over Luca Bressel. Elsewhere, Mark Selby fought, fought back from 4-1 down to draw level at 4-4 with fellow four-time champion John Higgins. It leaves their best of 25 encounter perfectly poised when it resumes at 2.30 this afternoon. On the tables right now are Anthony McGill and C. Jouet, who are drawing 4-4, and on table two, Mark Allen and Jack Jones, who are equal at 8-8. Burnley boss Vincent Kompany says he's delighted after his side secured the championship title last night. They were crowned champions after a 1-0 victory away at Lancashire rivals Blackburn. They've been praised throughout for their domination of the league, but Kompany says they've not always been able to play attractive football. You've got to do what the game demands, and at times you've got that free-flowing football, but at times it's like today, it's been, you know, I can remember Stoke away, um, uh, Sheffield United, all these games, and you just got to find a way. In the Premier League, Leeds head coach Javi Gracia believes that the Ellen Road faithful can play a pivotal part in their survival if they continue to back the team as they did last night during the 1-1 draw with Leicester City. I would like to thank all of them, the support gave to the players and this way we'll be closer to achieve our, our objective. Moving on to tonight where we will see the biggest Premier League game of the season as Manchester City host Arsenal. The citizens trail the Gunners by five points but have two games in hand, so therefore City will say that the title is in their hands. And just one other football line for you, as Lucy Bronze's knee injury is not as serious as first feared, having had minor keyhole knee surgery. That was announced in the past half an hour by her club Barcelona. And back to you guys. Thank you. Firstly, great news about Lucy Bronze. I was really worried the other day when I saw her limping off injured, especially after what happened with Leah Williamson. So uh, great news for England women, the Lionesses World Cup hopes going down to Australia. But on other news, right, well, not other news, and what Bruce has talked about, the, the chocolate King Charles. Yes, I thought that might grab your attention. <laughs> 25 kilograms, was it? Is that what it was, Will? Will's nodding through the window. That's unbelievable. Wow. Um, I, yeah, but that sounds like something. I want to know what's happening afterwards. What do you I know do them, afterwards? You know them Facebook posts where it's like, uh, that you get this put in front of you. What friends are you bringing along to help? <laughs> the first three people yeah, you yeah, did yeah. tag. The people how how many people do you reckon? 25, 25 kilograms of celebrations. I could, I could was probably it? do 24.9 on my own, to be honest. So. At which point you might as well just do all 25. Because <laughs> I'm not. Push I'll be honest. Bit. I don't think the effect of 24.99 <laughs> kilograms of celebrations will be <clears> offset by the 
Is it like a so if it's celebration? Is it like a combination of different things? They've got like some Maltesers in there. And yeah, stuff that's like that. a bit weird. And then, and then like, I feel like, like the like... taste of bounty would be really <laughs> overpowering. Do you know what I mean? Interesting. Absolutely. We'll have to do some more research and bring it bring this back up as the morning goes on. I'm going to go away and Google this. We will indeed. Well, I mean, it's 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 National Pretzel Day today. Yeah. So pretzel covered chocolate that links into that I oh, suppose oh yeah like you have them what is, it, is it Mr Pretzel was in the shopping all sorts and all that stuff don't you Unreal. I feel like they've done celebration pretzels at some point and if not they've really missed out yeah. on that they're probably going to make a King Charles out of pretzels now to be honest Ooh, with you that's a good shout on National Pretzel Day exactly but coming up over the next uh, well half hour or so we're going <clears> to <throat> Dan well, we're going to be looking at Dan and his uh, well what went on when he's tried to cook some leftovers uh, last night um, having had a listen to it already this morning Chaos, hectic, I yeah, it yeah, as. chaos ensued. Uh, well, you know, just everywhere, really, where he was cooking last night, and so that'll be quite an entertaining five or so minutes for us to listen to. But before we get on to that, we have a bit of Elton John and uh, Dua Lipa. Obviously, Elton John in the middle of his farewell tour, although he's been doing his farewell tour for about 10 years, but it's what it feels like. Uh, but this is his remix of his of, of Cold Heart. Just pass it through. Go, go, go. 
Okay, that was a rather abrupt end. <laughs> we were talking about football and um, just different kind of experiences of going to watch football. We were talking about how um, yeah, well, really now for the football aspect, for me especially, obviously it's very much the social aspect, isn't it, going to football? Especially, when, especially when your team's in a relegation battle. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> easy to say that as, as Wigan and well West Ham, Concord, whatever you call yourself. Yeah. But um, man of many, many colours. Oh, that was a, that was a nice remix from, from Old Elton there. Yeah. Head of his Glastonbury uh, headlining. He is, isn't he? I forgot he's headlining Glastonbury. He's never done that before. Do you reckon he'll bring out special guests like Paul McCartney did? I, I, I think no is... one will ever be able to beat that Paul McCartney set when Dave Grohl came out. That is, yeah. that's top five moments of my life, and I wasn't even there. Yeah, but Elton John, I think, could just whip out anyone, couldn't he? Yeah, well, Paul McCartney could whip out anyone. Yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> I was going to say. But like I said, yeah, Elton John obviously in the middle of his farewell tour that's been going on for ages. Have you seen how he leaves stage, by the way? He has like a, like a, like a stair lift that slowly takes him up from the stage into like the back at the ba- uh, towards the back of the arenas that he's been performing in. Really, it's must take about 45 seconds for him to vanish and all these people stood up cheering him and clapping him. It's unbelievable. But um, we're going to move on to, yeah, to, some, to food, which probably talking about food isn't great because I actually didn't have any breakfast this morning, which <laughs> isn't good for me. So my belly's going to be rumbling for the next 15 or so minutes to we well, move on. Th- this conversation will only anger you and it should mm. anger everyone really because... For those of you who don't know, today is National Food Waste Day, and of course there is a huge effort being made nowadays to limit food waste and um, yeah, really, really try and you know make the most out of what we've got. And I've got some stats here uh, that I've taken off off the Newsround <coughs> website, which I will say is a credible source. Um, Keen, if I told you that the amount of edible food wasted in the UK every year could fill eight Wembley stadiums. What would that make you feel? What, as in like, fill it to the brim? Yeah. Like, you remember when... Not like, not. there's not 90,000 items that take it... So yeah, so you're I mean. telling me like they're just going to pile it all in. You like, know, like the Wembley lasagna? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Is it like the Wembley yeah, yeah. lasagna? Is that what they're doing? <laughs> Pretty so much. So they're making the Wembley food waste? 4.5 million tonnes is edible. 6.6 million wasted overall. So that's like eggshells wow. and that. So like, or rotten food. So that can, and that can, all, that can fill Wembley plenty of times? Yeah, well, My. eight... Wembley Stadium, which is outrageous. Um, Twenty million slices of bread a day go to waste in the UK. Which, oh yeah, uh, I bet you'd ask most people not eating the end slices, which is criminal, by the way, because yeah, they are the best parts of a loaf of bread, and I will die on that hill. Absolutely. Well, um, <laughs> twenty million slices of bread a day uh, equates to the equivalent of one hundred forty thousand cars a year and their greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, so. I think the moral of that story is eat, eat your bread, eat the crusts, uh, make your hair go curly, all, all that kind of thing. Um, but on the topic of food waste, actually, we sent our man Dan Hickey out last night to go for a bit of a, a leftovers cooking you know, effort. I would say masterclass, but it's yeah. really not a masterclass. It's, uh, it's a, it's this a great is listen. typical university so, student cooking, I think, is absolutely. what we're going to learn it's, here. It's fantastic. No offence, Dan. I know you're sat there in the let's corner. Let's take a listen. <laughs> In the spirit of National Leftovers Day, I got friends Holly and Josh to help me use up my leftovers in a chilli chicken recipe from Jamie Oliver. Things didn't turn out great. Holly, are you optimistic about how the, uh, um, the chicken's going? Yeah, I think it's going well. It's looking pretty good. Yeah. What is your opinion on Jamie Oliver? I don't really have an opinion. He's just... I feel like he's just ruining kids' lives and I don't let them have sugar though. Yeah. Kids have fun. Yeah. Where's my, what, toxic waste on my breakfast before school? Do you 
I didn't have a toxic waste. So, Josh, run me through. What have I just done? Um, <laughs> he's got crushed chilies instead of uh, chilli powder. So, this is yeah, not my finest move here. It's taking its time. That's supposed to be 10 minutes, right? Yeah, so it was 10 minutes to cook the chicken, apparently. And it is not. The chicken is still not... It's still a bit pink. How long have we been at this? Let me have a little look. At least Over like half an hour, surely. Over half an hour, and the surely. chicken is still not cooked. Moving to a board once crisp, then roughly chopped. What? Uh, we have missed a step, and now we've got <laughs> bones in our meal. <laughs> oh. uh, we can do it, we can do it. We just... Oh. We can put extra in. We can put extra tea We're in. just going to have to be careful with the bones, I think. And so oh. we can start hacking away at the chicken with a knife while it's in there, and then just... Jesus. All right. Holly is just attacking the food with a spoon now. Breaking I everything. I think if we lose too much tikka, we just add more in. Like, it's our... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and there goes all the onion flying out. Yeah, of my cooking thing is you just add stuff until it tastes nice. You don't need to listen to Jamie. Like, he's ruined our school meals. Why are we listening to him anyway? <laughs> Bring back my... What did he do? Turkey Twizzlers and stuff. I think that's bone enough. Yeah, too much chicken on it. There's quite a lot. Should we just I'm leave? Should we leave the bone in for now? For now, it's like And just take it out when we're eating, maybe, and just kind of be careful. Or oh, that's good. Like I'm slicing it off the bone, right? Oh, that's a. Bad what are you oil. doing at the moment, yeah, Josh? What are you doing at the moment? Making onion bhajis, mate. Yeah, but what exactly are you doing right now? Heating oil. Um, I've just made the onion bhaji mixture. Very nice. So that is a pa just a vat of oil, really, not it's a pan. Josh, what have you made? I've made onion bhajis. Dan, what are they looking like? Well, so while we've been faffing around with this chicken and we've got a pot full of bones, Josh has been working hard at his onion bhajis. And the first one looks absolutely delicious. It looks amazing. It does look like your, your, your classic onion bhaji. And also, while he's been doing that, he's also cooked us some dough balls. Well, they've just heated come them out, up yeah. in the oven and they've just come out and they look nice What's as well. Next step, okay, next step. So we've stolen the rice and we've left it to toast for a minute. So now we need to pour in two mugs of water, not two jugs like I originally thought. Give it a stir. Turn over the chicken and cover with a lid. But we do not have a lid, so what are we going to use? And I don't really understand how we're supposed to turn over the chicken when we've decimated it in the pot to get <laughs> it off the bone. Um, just give it a mix, a good mix, and it'll be all good. So. And then we need to leave that for simmer for 12 minutes until it's cooked, and then we stir in the peas and most of the coconut milk. Very specific, most of it. Most of How much is most of it? Third or Deciding what most of meant went on for quite a while. Well, that was about as chaotic as we expected. Now, uh, join us in just a couple of minutes for the second part of Dan's cooking show there. But for now, this is Fontaine's DC with Boys in the Better Land. Kick it when the roof 
sister, sister, how I miss you, miss you. Let's go wrist to wrist and take the skin off of my blister. If you're a rock star, porn star, superstar, doesn't matter what you are. Get yourself a good car, get out of here. Put the boys in the better line. You're always talking about the boys in the better line. The boys in the better line. Put the boys in the better line. You're always talking to the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. In the tomatoes, then cook for five minutes and then stir in the rice. No, that's we've missed the tomatoes. We've missed the tomatoes. Get them, get them. Oh, that's hot. Oh, that is hot. That is very hot. I should not have grabbed that with my bare hands. What's the next step? So, according to Jamie Oliver, leave to simmer for 12 minutes or until the rice is cooked, stirring in the peas and most of the coconut milk for the final two minutes. When it's blipping away in the middle, starting to catch at the edges, remove from the heat, ripple through the remaining coconut milk, then divide between the plates, sprinkle over the crispy chicken and serve. I'm a little confused by that. I don't know what that means, but... None of that. Also, yeah. it seems like the skin wasn't meant to be in there the whole time. He told us to put the skin in. He did say to put the skin in, and <laughs> I'm, I mean, Okay, what's the final step? Because your alarm's gone off now. So, 
the alarm's gone off. I think we've finished cooking now and we can just serve it up and try and pick away where there's not bone in the food. When, what do we do with the extra coconut milk? Oh, I just poured it all straight in. Oh, oh, it's I got confused in. by the blipping and the putting it in the middle and it just... Wait, can we have a look at how it looks? Because... So, that looks like a meal. It does look like a meal. It looks all right. It is not doing anything. It's just sitting there. Yeah, it's I don't think blipping. it's quite simmering or blipping. I think it might be a little cold. So maybe we leave it on a little longer. Reaction. Okay, so we've just finished cooking. So Josh, how are your onion barges? Pretty decent. Pretty decent. Pretty decent. Pretty decent. Um, to be fair, I marked, I marked things down. I've got a bit of a lisp now. Um, <laughs> I marked things down. So when I, say, when I think something's good, I usually say decent. When I think it's really good, I usually say good. So, so this is just good then? Yeah, this is just good. I wouldn't say it's amazing, because like, you've had the Indian bargees, haven't you? Like, mm. they're, they're banging. These are just battered bargees with chilli. But were they your first time making them? Yeah. For your first time making them, I'd say they were pretty good. They're pretty decent, yeah. Yeah. I, th I thought they were delicious. I, th I think you've done a good job there. I mean, to be fair, I'd substitute like three ingredients. I'd substitute the, the turmeric for paprika, the chilli powder for um, chilli flakes, <laughs> and I'd, um, I'd substitute the green chilli for red chilli. But I mean, it's not much difference, so it don't really matter. Tried, have you tried any of the food we've made? I haven't tried it yet, because there's a lot of bones in it, and I feel like the chickens are trying to fly away. <laughs> but I, would, I, I will try it. Right, <laughs> should I jump it on live try? Yeah, go That's on. got a bit of bone in it, not that bit. Yeah, it's still a Pretty good. Pretty good. The Pretty stare, well. Just the stare into the distance there. I can't decide if it's good or not. <laughs> I think it's good. <laughs> it might needed like a... Did you put any chilli in it? We didn't put any chilli in the chilli... Yeah, there Why isn't, is there? Chilli or chicken? I feel like we've missed a step. Yeah, you I think the spices was the step we missed. We put everything else other than spice. No paprika, no chilli, no... We put a bit of salt and pepper in. I'm going to check the ingredients list because I think we've missed a step with the chilli because I swear this is literally called chilli chicken. Yeah, it's... I'm bad with spice and I'm loving this. <laughs> oh, right. So you're happy then? Yeah, there's no spice in That's it. That's all right. Not one spice. Literally. <laughs> the most unseasoned <laughs> chicken you've ever seen. Mmm. So yum, you're yum. happy? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to add some chilli to mine before I start. Josh, are you happy with your bargees? Pretty good, yeah. I'm pretty happy. Is that why you haven't finished them? Yes. I'm, I'm had like, I've had like seven. <laughs> chilli powder. Chilli powder is all we're missing. Yeah, but no, so we've had chilli flakes to one so that's fine. Mm. After two hours in the kitchen, I learnt two things. Yes, you can make use of your leftovers, but remember to check for bones. I've been Dan Hickey, Shoe Radio. Very good, very good. Um, would you call that a success, Gian? Not at all. <laughs> the end line, remember to check for bones. <laughs> I mean, Dan, you're, you're here now. You've, you've listened back to that. Um, are you, are you, are you recovered? You cough up, cough up <clears throat> any bones this morning? So, no coughed up bones. Good. As far as I'm aware, no salmonella either. Excellent. So, clear on that front. But, honestly, it sounded better listening back to it. It sounded <laughs> like it went, it felt like it was going worse at the time. Goodness me. I dread to think. It was, yeah. Um, Chaos. Yeah, it was, 
Oh, I bought I had so much going on in that that I generally cannot remember really what was going on. That was was actually any of it actually really edible at all? Like if I came around yours last night for dinner and I got served that, would I have actually been at all impressed? The thing is, you wouldn't have been impressed. Absolutely not. I mean, it was called chili chicken, like one pot or whatever, and we forgot to put chili in it. But nice. there's, there's, you forgot tomatoes at one point as well. Yeah, they came in. So essentially, what had happened was <laughs> I'd left Holly to tell me what to do from the recipe. Nice. And then she'd just start skipping steps. She was reading ah. it just at random. She was like just picking out different chunks of it. And right. Maybe, yeah, I, I, I guess... More than more than most things, actually, cooking is one of those things that you kind of have to follow the rules. Because, yeah, um, the, the best bit as well is when, she, when you went, Holly, she's just hacking at it with a spoon. <laughs> not got this image is someone just with like a wooden spoon just hacking at chicken in a pot. Yeah. I was yeah. I was messing around with the like with the microphone. I turn around and she just got it wasn't a wooden spoon; it was a metal one, just stabbing <laughs> into this pot. Just I was. Wow. <laughs> I mean, on a there there is a serious message behind it though, mm, of course, on, on food waste day and the prevention of that. And uh, yeah, I suppose being able to to use that in a in a meal is is positive, especially as a as a uni student like yourself. Well, everything apart from the bones got eaten. I Perfect. picked them all out at the end, and it's all gone in my fridge in Tupperware, and that's my leftovers, and that'll feed me for the next couple of days. Exactly. I mean, that that's the aim of the game when it comes to, to cooking at uni, isn't it, really? I mean, 100%. it's very easy to, you know, log on to Uber Eats or Delivery or wherever. <laughs> is, it, is it for you, is it? Because well, not for me. <laughs> well, just, you know, get a takeaway, go to McDonald's, all, all sorts of, of easy do you, things. Do you do that as a uni student, Dan? Do you no, takeaway often? I was going to say, because no, no, I no, don't I, do that. I, I don't do it often. I was and the say. point is, it's a lot cheaper and better to cook. Oh, but yeah, I know so lots of people, especially in, in first year, that are just... <laughs> Dominoes you know, every week. Exactly. Uh, first of all, I don't know how they afford it. And second of all, you know, be a bit be a bit adventurous. Get so a, sh- shooting overdrafts. Just max it out. Yeah, all exactly. I didn't but, do that. I definitely didn't do that. Good, good lad. Well, um, <laughs> it's uh, it's on the hour now. It's eleven a.m. and we're going to be coming right into Will Pye and John Whiffin for the news and sport. How are you, lads? Thank you, Dan. Yeah, we're good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I mean, uh, away you go. Thank you. These are your headlines at eleven a.m. The first British civilians to be rescued from Sudan have arrived in Cyprus. More flights are expected later as a military attempts to get hundreds out of the war-torn country during a 72-hour ceasefire. British troops have been working on the ground, helping up to 4,000 UK passport holders escape. RAF pilot Tom Hamilton says they're trying hard to rescue as many people as possible. We are working with um, partner countries, uh, with various aircraft types uh, entering airfields down in Sudan to extract the personnel. We're deconflicting on the ground and in the air to make sure we operate safely and efficiently uh, to get out. MPs will debate government proposals later to prevent small boat crossings over the English Channel. The illegal migration bill would change the law to make it clear that people who use the route will not be able to stay in the UK. More than 5,000 migrants have travelled on small boats so far this year. The Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, says they're criminals. Very right to be here. That is at odds with our values of upholding the rule of law. But the Council of Europe, which promotes human rights, says the right to seek asylum is a fundamental right. The chief economist at the Bank of England suggesting people in the UK should accept being worse off. 
Hugh Pills told a US podcast that energy bills are behind surging inflation, but prices will keep rising if employers keep raising wages. His comments have been described as tone deaf. The Times economic correspondent Arti Nachiappan says he's ignored the wider context. The kind of lack of real wage growth that we've seen since the financial crisis. And I think also the fact that we're dealing with a crisis of essentials at the moment, so it's food and energy that are really pushing up household bills. And if you're a poorer household, that's going to hit you more than a wealthy central banker's household. A football match is taking place next month to raise funds for the four-year-old son of a former Sheffield Wednesday player who is recovering from cancer. Former players will take part in the game between Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield United on the 14th of May. Tommy Spurs' son, Rio, who had months of chemotherapy and surgery to remove three tumours. Doctors have warned the family Rio is likely to relapse, in which event they will seek treatment abroad. And finally, a life-size bust of King Charles has been made of more than 17 litres of melted celebrations chocolates in the build-up to the coronation. An expert team of model makers studied hours of footage of the king to capture his likeness. The sculpture weighs more than 23 kilograms and took four weeks to create. And now to John Whiffin with your sport. Thanks, Will. First to the Crucible, where seven-time champion Ronnie O'Sullivan has had a healthy 10-6 overnight lead over Luca Bressel. Elsewhere, Mark Selby fought back from 4-1 down to draw level at 4-4 with fellow four-time champion John Higgins. It leaves their best of 25 encounter perfectly poised when it resumes at 2.30 this afternoon. On the tables right now are Anthony McGill and C. Jouet, who are drawing 4-4, and on table two, Jack Jones leads Mark Allen 9-8. In football, we will see the biggest game in the Premier League season tonight as Manchester City host Arsenal. The Citizens trail the Gunners by five points but have two games in hand. Just one other football line for you, as Lucy Bronze's knee injury is not as serious as first feared, having had minor keyhole knee surgery. That was announced in the past half an hour by her club Barcelona. She will miss the second leg of their Champions League tie against Chelsea, but her World Cup place is not in doubt as first feared. Thanks for that, fellas. Um, before we let you go, um, Will, I've got a question about the Charles chocolate thing. Um, yes. I just need some information. Uh, will I be able to eat it anywhere? Uh, where is it? Where can I see it? Just the kind of the generic things that someone like me would, would need to know. Um, Anything? Or can you find that out for me, please? Uh, I could probably find it out, but I, I probably wouldn't advise you eating it. Uh, I mm. mean, may not stop chocolate, you. Chocolate, chocolate at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. And on food well. waste day, you know, can't waste food. So exactly, but they're not wasting it. They're putting it on a model of King Charles. Yeah, but he's so. very wasting it, though, isn't it? Because what's going to happen with that chocolate at the end of it? Throw it away? Could it not count as treason to eat the king? <laughs> <laughs> is that not clever? <laughs> well done. Could be a crime, well, I well can search done. that up for you. Thank, thank you, well, thank you, and cheers, John. Uh, yeah, we'll be back with you guys in half an hour. Coming up then in the next hour or so. <clears throat> here on uh well shoe radio uh we're going to be talking all things i'm a celebrity uh the legend series i missed it last night because I, I was at football but Gillian is it Gillian mckee's gone in as well and somebody is it sean from happy mondays whatever he's yeah, not sean happy Ryder about that at all sean he is, was uh... fuming on um monday night wasn't he he was absolutely raging which was quite funny to see not like him to be opinionated no exactly and Gillian, i just remember Gillian, remember when she fainted Yes. Uh, doing a live trial, honestly. Yes, what, what, this, this, this series, I think, has all the hallmarks being an absolute classics. Um, we're talking, actually, it's, uh, I think it's National Dissertation Day as well, isn't it, today? It's it National Dissertation Week, something like that. Yeah, it's yep. basically National Day for everything, I believe, by the sounds of it. So we're going to have someone from the Sheffield Student Union uh, to talk about kind of that and the, the support that the Student Union can offer students here at the university. Um, and then we'll also 
Uh, going to have a little chat, of course. We're going to go to Eurovision Corner again, my yeah. favourite part of the morning, uh, with Bryce, uh, chatting all things Eurovision. We'll also hear another one, uh, another entry from this year's uh, song contest, which takes place uh, in just under two weeks in Liverpool, which means I'm getting very excited. You are indeed. Um, and yeah, we'll also chat all things Ted Lasso too, as it comes to the end of his season, and just the kind of topics that that kind of TV show talks about. Hey, Dan. That's, that's absolutely correct. But before all of that, I'm going to start my own little, little segment, which is uh, on this day... Uh, where I'm just going to look back at a couple of things that have happened here, there and everywhere on this day in uh, in history. Kim. I'd like to point out, yes. before you say this to our viewers, that one of these on this day, I had no involvement with whatsoever. Yes. Uh, Despite yeah, my is... love for this song uh, that we get to in a minute, I had no involvement in it whatsoever. I'd just like to make that categorically clear. That's that's fair enough. Thank well, um, the 26th of April is uh, known for one thing, really. And that is the Chernobyl nuclear accident, uh, which happened 37 years ago on this date. Um, still very much uh, impactful in the area, as you can imagine, and will oh, be yeah. for, for thousands of years. Um, although we've seen an influx in people and YouTubers like going and visiting well, Chernobyl and all not, that sort of not, thing. Not currently. Um, it's in the middle of a war zone. Well, yes, um, but... It in, is. In to, ever since time. Top Gear went there, uh, and yes, with uh, little great. hatchbacks and stuff like that, that was so uh, and I think... Clarkson got stuck there, didn't he, in a little Volkswagen? Yeah, it was um, a run out of fuel before you arrived. Exactly. So they were like opening the boot and yeah, yeah, the yeah. doors. And it was that was great. I think Jeremy Clarkson filled his car with like twenty bricks. Yeah, which yeah. <laughs> didn't go well for him. No. I think he broke down outside the um, the Ferris wheel. He so did. I just think I was about to call it the London Eye, but no, he didn't no, break no. down the Ferris wheel um, out R- there. Richard but, yeah, Hammond got great. stopped by police. Yes, uh, because he was swerving on the road. All over the road. Them three were lunatics, and James May was just being James May. Absolutely. Well, um. That TV was, series is good as well, the one they did on Sky. Really, yes. really good TV series. Yes, 100%. Well, that was, like I say, the main uh, event on this day. And in terms of birthdays, we've got Channing Tatum, the actor, who, of course, uh, famous for My Name is Jeff, I believe. Remember when that was a thing back in like. No, he's famous for Magic Mike. Okay, well, maybe. <laughs> and also, someone who's very much famous for nothing apart from being married to Donald Trump. Melania Trump. Is it Melania's birthday? It's, uh, it's Happy birthday, birthday Melania. Yep, if, if <laughs> Happy she's birthday. In. And, oh, uh, sending my best wishes to her. Absolutely. And to, and to Channing. And to Channing, of course. Definitely to Channing. But on, well, Kian sort of teased it earlier. This is the song that was top of the charts on the 26th of April in 1995. Kian, would you like to introduce it? I would. It is an absolute tune. Um, it's a personal favourite of mine. It is, of course, Back for Good by Take That. Take it away, Dan. Absolute tune. Thank you. 
figured out the story. No, no, it wasn't good. No, no, but in a corner of my mind, of my mind. I celebrated glory, but that was not to be. In the twist of separation, you excelled at being free. Can't you find a little room inside? You came back for good. <laughs> well, I preferred it when it was actually uh, <clears throat> Gary Barlow. Was he singing that, or was that Robbie? I think, it's, I think it's Robbie. That's well, a, that's a, an iconic music that. video because they're all in the rain on, on cars and all sorts. Yeah. And a few years ago, when Gary was doing Take That, uh, someone came. Uh, sorry, Gary was doing Take That when Gary was doing the X Factor during the Progress Tour in 2011. Uh, someone came on the X Factor, did a dance routine to Back for Good, and just basically went "Want you back" and moving his arm up and down. Yeah. That night, Gary went and performed in Sunderland, I think. And did that live on stage, and so fifty thousand people don't know what he's doing it for. But Gary's in homage to this guy that was absolutely dreadful, but um, gave him something to giggle about. But yeah, worth pointing out that had nothing to do with me. Did it, Dan? Who who actually chose that song? That was uh, that was Seth Bennett, our, mm. our, our leader. Let's, let's leader. Call it. Uh, Captain shooter. Leader Legend. Absolutely. Um, Rumor has it he's, he's in a he's, he's in a take that tribute act. Well, uh, I've heard that mm. Gary Barlow and Custard. Uh, we're not we're not great friends with Seth there, but. We'll let him explain that another day. <clears throat> but um, after that lovely, lovely song that, story. that has uh, that has filled Keen with joy as much as anyone, we have um, we've had a chat with. Well, we haven't. Will Pye has had a chat with some members of the public about a new TV show that's come out. Well, it's not new. Well, I was going to say it's not new. It's twenty new years old. A new series, yeah, a special series. Will's been out to chat to people about I'm a Celebrity, uh, the Legend series, and talking all things really jungle. Celeb challenges. Do you reckon you'd be best at? It's got to be someone, one of those ones where you're doing it with someone else, because you get to meet 
kiosk guy? Keith? Ken? Kev? Probably the swimming and the water challenges. How come? Because I used to be a swimmer and a lifeguard. What about the ones you'd be worst at? Oh, the eating challenges. Oh, no, not for me. Why? How does it make you feel? Because it makes me think I went for a mechanic, a live spider. And, oh, no, I'm not doing it. Not for me. Well, I'd want to avoid the hole in the walls one. Don't know what's in the wall, do you? It's just a bit gammy. Um, and I don't like snakes, really. So I wouldn't want to get bitten like that fella a few years ago. Um, the eating trials and the rats and snakes. And spiders. So most challenges. Everything. <laughs> I wouldn't mind the heights one or the water creatures. I don't think I'd mind them. If you could have any celeb on Animus Celeb, like who would your favourite one be? I'd love Vicky Patterson to come back because I think her series was really funny. Micah Richards. I think he'd make that show amazing because he's right funny. And if you get him on there, you might be able to get Alan Shearer and Gary Lineker on there. Get Gemma Collins back on there because she's beautiful and she's really good at it. Right, Ant and Deck, but actually them in the jungle, like doing it and get someone else presenting it because they've only done it from the presenting side. I want to see what they'd be like. That's a proper shout. Who would you get to present instead of them, though? Me. Wow, that's, uh, that's interesting. Brave. Like saying they'll present Ant and Dick uh, instead of Ant and Dick. Sorry. That is, well, Ant and Dick. Uh, when are they not on TV? Yeah. The reason they had to decide this series was pre-recorded in South Africa in the summer because Ant and Dick are too busy at this time of year to do any any TV. Because they've just done Saturday Night Takeaway. They're now doing Britain's Got Talent, and also I think the Australian version of I'm a Celebrity films at this current location. So it's all a bit uh, bizarre. Absolutely. But, yeah. Dan, Will. Who are you getting on? What are your, what are your dream celebrities on on the jungle? Uh, I think probably for me actually it might be someone like Rowan Atkinson, like oh, a comedian yes, who yes. could really express their express their emotions <laughs> no, with their face. Good. You yeah. can think about the hole in the wall challenge, for example. Absolutely. You're going to see his facial expression of him. Well, that's you, you think, you think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, Dan. Um, yeah, James Acaster would be quite funny. Um, I, I, I do agree, Micah Richards would be good. Yeah. Be good fun. Sort of like Joe Marler. Got oh, a great, good. great character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like world. wouldn't take any like any rubbish from anyone. No, we'll, we'll get um, very angry quite quickly because he knows how to scrum. He does, he does. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, not as good as they used to do it, but still. <laughs> James Haskell was, was on. Be good, yeah. Haskell he was, was good, on, yeah. So, you know who I'd pick? I'm sticking with sport, Formula One. I'm, 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 I'm basically putting Christian Horner and um, yes. Toto Wolf together. Bryce. We've also been joined by also Bryce. Bryce, a Eurovision Euro guy. Yep. Bryce, what are we thinking? Are you getting in on Eurovision? Uh, not Eurovision. <laughs> I'm a celebrity. <laughs> who are you getting to pretend it's at Eurovision too? But who are you getting in to do I'm a celebrity? Uh, I think the person I can think off the top of my head who would never do it is Damon Albarn oh. from Blur and Gorillaz. Yes. yes. He's the kind of guy, if he hits someone, you'll know. Yeah. <laughs> Blur, of course, have announced their uh, return. return doing, doing a couple headline sets at Wembley this summer. They're also playing in Wolverhampton, unfortunately. Uh, what, what, a Molyneux or in a park? Uh, no, in a little, like, in an old school venue. So, um, fair play to him. That would be a, that would be a great shout, actually. Yeah, there's a lot right. of good shouts. I mean, I just think now they need to go back to big celebrity names. Will's waving his hand at me. Yeah, what are you well, going to say, was, Will? There was, a, there was a common answer, which was uh, Amir Khan. That was a common oh, well, fan favourite. He's obviously in it. 
But strawberry cake. Remember the strawberry when he went? He won the Dingo Dollars, and him and some comedian again. No one's heard of since. <laughs> went back in there into camp. Went, oh yeah, he didn't get the thing. He didn't win the challenge. He got the question one because they'd eaten the strawberries and cream on their way into camp. Yeah, that was great telly. See, Armis Levy doesn't have that drama anymore, and I'm hoping this series has that kind of drama. Well, one person I'm surprised you didn't mention, Kian, is Chris Martin, of course, lead singer. I don't of think he'd be any good. Coldplay. Well, he might not be good on the jungle, but he's certainly good I, at songwriting and song. Again, singing. this I didn't pick this song either.
Coldplay there, Viva La Vida. Um, again, I know we spoke about Coldplay a lot yesterday. I'd like to just make everyone aware that I did not pick that song this morning. Um, no. You picked that before I'd arrived. Only because I was worried that you wouldn't be here on time in order to oh, give I us songs. It. Didn't so I make you it? did make it. I did but, just. Uh, I need, I'm going to yeah. need a lot of coffee to get through the rest of the day. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but obviously we're moving on. It is National, Dis- Ugh, National Dissertation Day. That's a mouthful. Easy for you to say, Ian. Yeah, <laughs> thanks very much. Obviously a stressful time of year for uh, students, especially those coming to the end of their time at university. We're joined um, in the studio. We've got a guest in the studio. How exciting is this? I feel, like, I feel like we're doing it with proper like, radio presenters <laughs> now. Uh, with Eliza, who's uh, from the, the Hallam Student Union, Morning, how are we? Hi, very good, thank you. Yeah, we're pretty good. Good, happy? Oh, yeah. Oh, whoops, your microphone wasn't up. We'll do it again. <laughs> Morning, Eliza. How are you? Morning, I've been here the whole time. Yeah, oh, sorry, I completely forgot that that's my job to do your microphone. I'm so ingrained in having a guest in the studio. What was that about coffee that you said about 10 <laughs> seconds previously? <laughs> but yeah, all good, all good. Yeah, good, yeah. yeah. Obviously, um, we're going to be chatting kind of dissertations and, and, and the stress of kind of just general university life. Um, mm-hmm. Links in quite well. Um, and just really about kind of what the student union offer uh, for, to support for students, at this, especially at this time of year where they come to the end of, especially third year, they come to the end of their university experiences and that kind of thing. And the support that, that the union can can offer going forward. Just, just yeah, hit, us, um, hit us with a fact. Sure. So... First off, I'd recommend the Student Advice Centre. So um, we have like full-time members of staff that run that um, and they offer free, confidential and independent advice to all students at Sheffield Hallam um, and they can advise on anything from funding to housing to like academic issues um, but they're also very good for things like well-being and stress and things like that and they can also refer on to um, like other services that may be more suitable for students, so university services or external services as well. So that's like a really key part of what we do and that's really popular um, with students. Um, so that's kind of the more serious side of, of support with wellbeing and things like that. But um, on a slightly lighter note, we also have the societies team, which organise loads of like activities and events like Give It A Goes. And that can be really good to just help decrease stress, basically. So we've got everything from trips out to different parts of the country. Like I think we've got one coming up to go to Bakewell. Um, we had one to visit Manchester Football Stadium a few months ago, which was really popular. Um, things like Go Ape, Zumba. We've got a few sessions of mental health boxing, um, which sounds really cool, to be honest. I would <laughs> love to do What's that. mental health boxing? I don't know. I think it's just for your mental health. Yeah. You know, it's supposed it to be a, a de-stressor. You know, you get all your... Get your, energy get your anger, anger and out, energy yeah. out yeah, on yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually done boxing before, and it is really... It, I don't know. It really makes me feel a lot better, to is be it, honest. Is it one of them, you sort of... they got the pads in front of you. And yeah. You picture the worst possible thing you can think of is just... <laughs> that kind of totally, you pitch your dissertation or yeah, your dissertation exactly. supervisor. <laughs> right. At this time of year, obviously, as we mentioned, there it's, it's dissertation day, and th- th- this time of the uh, the university calendar is a is a stressful one for a lot of students. Do you notice a big pickup in the um, the amount of you know sort of people that come to you for help? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's pretty consistent all year round. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say because I don't work directly in the student advice yeah. centre, um, but it's quite a funny one because as well as sort of students tend to wind down at this time of the year, you kind of notice that students are kind of going into themselves a bit because they're obviously just really concentrating on their studies and a lot of um, like studies are wrapping up. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I couldn't definitely say, but it wouldn't surprise me. I, I think yeah, student stress is definitely you know really high at this time of of the year. Um, but at the same time, 
you also see less pick up with things like give it a go as an events because students don't have time to like dedicate to going away for the day so that is a balance we try to you know get right really with with stuff um but yeah i i wouldn't say i've noticed a general you know a general pickup but i could be wrong you know i don't know if you could get the data from student advice center but they might be able to tell you more than me yeah honestly i suppose there's obviously probably simple things that students can do maybe to to help there's not you know they don't have to go to the student centers and that kind of thing to to get the help what what kind of steps would you would you say just for them to do kind of at home and that kind of thing if you've got any advice <laughs> um for for students and so that kind of thing that they kind of maybe have got poor mental health at the minute because of what's going on with their with their university yeah i mean generally just sort of well-being general well-being advice things like you know try and rest and have regular breaks things like that you know um the worst thing you can do is sort of weigh yourself down completely and you'll just hit burnout you know i remember when i was doing my dissertation that's something i would do is kind of set myself a certain amount of hours to study and then so maybe from like nine till five and then we'd just stop at five o'clock and that would be it i think drawing those kinds of boundaries is, is really important um obviously like eating well doing exercise still setting time aside to hang out with your mates and do things socially because that's really you know if you just burrow away and don't do anything to relax or unwind at all then you're not going to a you're not going to be producing the best quality work and b you're just going to be making yourself miserable um yeah try and just you know stay fairly relaxed about it you know reach out if you need help definitely that's what i would say because there is support out there with the university and with the union um yeah just try and take it easy it is really stressful like i've got a lot of sympathy with people finishing their courses it is the most chaotic and intense time while you're at uni um but yeah, I'd just say try and take care of yourself because that's the number one priority, really. You know, things come and go, but, yeah. you know, your mental health is something you really need to prioritise. <clears throat> so that's yeah, what yeah, I would yeah. say. I'm afraid we're going to have to cut the chat short. Oh, cut the chat short. There we go. Oh, <laughs> you honestly, really time, struggled yeah. that bit. Yeah, I mean, we could probably sit here and chat with you for hours about the, all the kind of stresses and the support that the union offers. And well, all. I was going to say, is there oh. anywhere that people could maybe get in contact with you or get in contact with the student union? Would yeah, of be? course. So there's the student rights. In, so I work in the student rights and campaigns team. So um, we have a student rights and campaigns email um i might have to give that to you separately because it's a bit of a funny one <laughs> i think it might be just be student rights at shoe.ac.uk um but also you can just pop into the union at any time um we're on paternoster row it's the big building with no windows that looks like four tin cans that's <laughs> that's where we are um and yeah there's various emails you can find all the contacts on the students union website if you do want to get in touch and yeah we you know we do lots of different things and we've got lots of well-being i'm working on a well-being and peer support offer for next year which will come into fruition hopefully so just keep an eye out for different stuff happening is what i would say brilliant well, perfect thanks a lot for coming in yeah um, you're welcome and i suppose on the topic of uplifting and trying to increase the mood he's gone full partridge we've again. gone uh, we've got imagine dragons here with on top of the world so hopefully some of you will be feeling like that after this chat I'm on top of the world. Hey, I'm on top of the world.
There we go, I think we've had a, a technical issue there, slightly. Apologies for that. Um, anyway, coming up, it's actually done us quite a favour because we're now running back on time. Um, <laughs> it's if by magic. Um, anyway, coming up over the next half hour, so the final half hour of the show, uh, we're going to go live to Will and John for the final time this morning in a couple of minutes for the news and sport. And we're going to have a chat about food banks. Uh, Bryce will be back with Eurovision Corner. Um, we'll also hear uh, Lorene's entry uh, for this year's Eurovision Song Contest. She's I think one of the uh, one of the favourites to win the competition. I'm sure Bryce will confirm that with me in in about half an hour's time. We'll also chat all things Ted Lasso as it comes to the end of uh, its third and final series, AFC Richmond, and on the successes of that series and the kind of the I suppose taboo topics in sport that it, it's covered and and how TV shows more and more um, are covering those kind of topics. But uh, will John, uh, over to you with the news and sport for the final time this morning. It's 11.32. Thank you, Kian. These are your headlines. The first British civilians to be rescued from Sudan have arrived in Cyprus. More flights are expected later as the military attempts to get hundreds out of the war-torn country during a 72-hour ceasefire. Health leaders say they're concerned they won't be able to guarantee safe care for patients during the nurses' strike this weekend. The NHS Confederation says during past walkouts, exemptions have been put in place to protect some services. It's urging the RCN union to staff critical and emergency care during the industrial action in their dispute over pay. Food banks have been contending with record demand over the past year as families feel the effects of the cost of living crisis. Figures from the Trussell Trust showed there are nearly 3 million parcels were handed out in the year to March including over a million provided for children. The charity said the level of need was greater than during the first year of the pandemic. And a football match is taking place next month to raise funds for the four-year-old son of former Sheffield Wednesday player who is recovering from cancer. Former players will take part in the game between Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield United on the 14th of May. Tommy Spurs' son Rio had months of chemotherapy and surgery to remove three tumours. And finally, a life-size bust of King Charles has been made from more than 17 litres of melted celebration chocolates in the build-up to the coronation. An expert team of model makers studied hours of footage of the king to capture his likeness. Now to the sport with John Whiffen. Thanks, Will. First to the crew sport, where seven-time champion Ronnie O'Sullivan has a healthy 10-6 overnight lead over Luca Bressel. Elsewhere, Mark Selby fought back down from 4-1 down draw 4-4 with four-time champion John Higgins. It leaves their best of 25 encounter perfectly poised when it resumes at 2.30 this afternoon. On the tables right now are Anthony McGill and C. Jouet, who are drawing 5-5 and on table 2, Mark Allen leads Jack Jones 10-9. In cricket, England's Johnny Bairstow made his comeback yesterday from a broken leg that he suffered playing golf. He fell three, short, he fell three runs short of a century 
hitting 97 off 88 balls for Yorkshire second 11 against Nottinghamshire, Nottinghamshire second 11. Burnley boss Vincent Company says he's delighted after his side secured the championship title last night. They were crowned champions after a 1-0 victory away at Lancashire rivals Blackburn. They've been praised throughout the, for their domination of the league, but the company says they've not always been able to play attractive football. You've got to do what the game demands. And at times you've got that free-flowing football, but at times it's like today, it's been, you know, I can remember Stoke away, um, uh, Sheffield United, all these games, and you just got to find a way. In the Premier League, Leeds head coach Javi Gracia believes that Ellen Road faithful can play a pivotal part in their survival if they continue to back the team as they did last night during the 1-1 draw with Leicester. I would like to thank all of them the support gave to the players and this way we'll be closer to achieve our, our objective. And finally, Lucy Bronze's knee injury is not as serious as first feared having, and she's had minor keyhole knee surgery. That was announced in the past half an hour by her club Barcelona. She will miss the second leg of their Champions League tie against Chelsea, but her World Cup place is not in doubt as it was first feared. Uh, well, thanks for that, fellas. Uh, before you go, um, obviously leading off of uh, Dan's cooking attempt, yes, um, let's call it an attempt uh, with there's all these bones in it and all sorts. Um, the iconic line. You obviously we're all obviously university students. Um, what what kind of measures, I suppose, do you two take? Uh, to avoid kind of wasting food and that kind of thing? Uh, what I do is I just ignore the dates on packets. Uh, nice. Often take risks that I shouldn't, probably. I like it. I like it. Yeah. That is that is about as uni student as it gets. That's also as John Whiffin as it gets. That yeah. doesn't surprise me <laughs> at Do you ever all. like openly go out to look for the Reduce food stuff. that has like the yellow stickers on oh, it? 100%. 100%. They're so good, don't they? It's one of those things. It might be a taboo thing to do because it's, oh, you're looking for stuff that's cheap. I don't care. If it's food and it's cheap, I'll take hey, it. Mate, if I can spend two quid and get like 90 million things, I'm going to spend two quid and get 90 million things. I Even mean, that would, that would be very impressive. Cheap. Yeah, you, you know what that. I mean. Well, like, it's, it's like these five jam donuts go out of date in about six hours' time. I'm like, that, uh, that sounds like a challenge to me. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's fine by me. That's a ch- challenge for you, Breeze, for me. Will, <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you? Mine's probably actually... Uh, Maybe the solution to what John's saying, Ooh. especially in terms of meat, I, I mean, I freeze it. Mm, At yeah, least I freeze yeah, most yeah. of it. Um, not bacon, because bacon is a while before it goes out of date, but a lot of the other meat, I freeze it. Um, I know people who don't freeze their meat and sometimes have to throw it away, which Chuck is it, yeah. stupid, and I'm telling them all the time, just freeze it, mate. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Ken, what about you? Because you've, you, you're speaking a big game there. Um, for me, I, well, similar to Will, really, you... So it's a good idea to buy, you know, in like supermarkets, it says X amount of pounds by the kilogram, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, you know, it's <clears> the more you get, the cheaper it is. So you buy bigger. Yeah. Well, actually, freeze funny it, enough, when you're talking about kind of buy bigger, um, when I had my car, my car blew up um, in theory just before Christmas. Um, I used to go to Costco, there's Costco in Sheffield, and Costco obviously do the bulk big packs of like chicken and that kind of thing. So I used to just buy chicken in bulk. Yes. And like Will suggested, stick it in the freezer. Um, and kind of that kind of thing, and that 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 kept me going for quite a while, um, and stuff like that. And I just think, yeah, it's just about taking advantage of just other things that are kind of going on, and it, you know, ignoring I suppose ignoring the use by dates or whatever date because there's about nine different types of dates you get on food packaging now, isn't there? There's all sorts, mm. um, and that kind of thing. And interesting to, to to hear everyone's kind of thoughts on that one. I'm sure it's an interesting conversation we could we could have is, for well, for hours. To be fair, it's something that we're we're keen to push on on National Food Waste Day. Of what course. about you? What, what do you do? Well, I've just said buy buy big. Oh, buy, buy the in bulk. bulk of, buy in bulk. Buy and then 
freeze and make big quantities or yeah. what's also good if you're living in a in a house with other people is maybe try and make a, a, a flat or a house meal yeah. and you know they, they always come out a lot I'm often cheaper. making like bolognese and freezing yes. bolognese because that's obviously really easy just to reheat it and stuff Absolutely. like that and also uh, easy easy ones for like big bulk meals they're doing like fajita nights and things like that so yeah um, that's anyway interesting chat and we can probably probably carry on chatting about it for the rest of the week it's, uh, we're going to go into a song now um, made famous from its feature in Heartstopper on Netflix just announced as a date for the second series this is uh, Lucid Good song. It's um, 
<clears throat> I found it, discovered it through Heartstopper on Netflix, which, uh, as you haven't watched it, it's a really good show about um, an, a, a, a kind of a young gay storyline in a, in, a, in a secondary school in, in in the UK, and I think it came out last year, and it was it was <clears throat> I think it, it was quite emotive for quite a few people from from, from that community about their own experiences in. In uh, in secondary school in in UK as being kind of young and, and gay and, and that kind of thing. Well, I suppose that in a way leads us on to the Ted topic Lasso. that you want to talk about, yeah? Ted Lasso, um, the new. Telly. Well, it's not new as such. There's new series, but it's a hit TV show. It's fair to say, um, based around an American football coach sort of becoming in charge of an English football team. Yeah, AFC Richmond. What a team they are. Yes, of Maybe course. perhaps the greatest team to ever play the game. It's um it's it's certainly it's, the best team to ever play at Selhurst Park. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly that. No, it's a great T V series. It's it, episode eight's released today. Uh so four more episodes left of, of the hit T V series on Apple T V. Um we kinda of wanted to well, I wanted to talk about it really, um, because of the, the kind of amount of taboo topics. A taboo I think maybe isn't the right word to use, but the kind of topics that really, especially in football terms um, and sport maybe in general, but especially football that aren't covered um, a lot in, in the mainstream game um, by by the big clubs, the actual clubs that are real, um, and that kind of thing. And just how great it is to see such a big TV show that's got this global fame, you know, talking about these really, really important topics. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, it's I guess, I guess that's the benefit of, A, using a fake football team mm-hmm. so that there's no one that is potentially, you know... Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, not, not liable, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, no, no, no. Not sort of, uh, you know, demeaning or whatever. All yeah, sorts. I of, see where you're going. All I, sorts I know things. where you're going. I know where you're going. Um, and yeah, I mean, but at the same time, it's not a real football club, but it's portrayed as one, oh, and yeah. that that really and opens up the conversation because so many people think, you know, their second favorite team is AFC Richmond. Oh, 100 percent. They're probably my third favorite behind Concord and West Ham. At the yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's, it's a huge TV show, and it's, it's it's covered a lot over the past few years, um, especially kind of the first two series, really about mental health in sport and stuff like that. And that was a big talking point over the last few years, especially with COVID and that kind of thing. About mental health, especially in football. Yep. Um, I know we've been chatting about the social aspect of football as well. That you know that's, that's really beneficial for us as supporters. Um, but it, it spoke about you know Ted's own experiences of um, going through his own mental health struggles and his help he's got through that. And you know knowing that it's, you know if you well we we're chatting earlier with with Eliza, it's okay that if you need help you can you know go get it and stuff like that and Absolutely. and this series especially um i've got an in- incredible storyline um which i've i think is pretty much untold in terms of tv which is uh, a character called colin um has is 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 gay um but he's in the closet hasn't told his teammates i believe as far as i'm up into the series i've got for where i am he hasn't yep. told his teammates um and it's just really good to see that kind of storyline is such a main mainstream TV show. You know, someone from that community, myself, and has played football for, well, um, how old do I? Thirteen years. Um, Good maths. Yeah, yeah, thirteen years. Although I have retired about seven times. Um, I'll do a testimonial at Having some point. Having seen you play, yeah, I understand why. Why I retired? retired yeah, times. yeah, yeah. What baffles me more is that you came out six times from retirement to uh, come and play. <laughs> yeah, okay. that, that, that worries me. Came out other, other ways as well. That Good was good. That. Yep. But yeah, it's it's huge, and I think it's really good to see that you know in, in the last few years we've seen um, Jake Daniels at Blackpool obviously come out. Um, as gay, obviously a young eighteen-year-old lad, um, intense, you know, immense bravery from him. Uh, Josh Cavallo down in Australia, plays for Adelaide United, I believe, um, was the, f- the first professional uh, to come out as gay. I think since 
well, at least in the current uh, climate, is the, the only where well, he was the first in the kind of current batch of professional footballers yeah, to, yeah, to come yeah. out as gay. And obviously, Lee's playing from, that is, yeah, yeah. Because of course, Thomas Hitzelberger was, yeah, uh, was and, a and big Fashner one. as well. Fashner, yeah. yeah, obviously, Fashner was obviously a huge one and is a, a massive influence, I think, for a lot of young gay footballers and, and kind of that kind of thing. And I just I praise TV shows a lot um, when they cover that topic as someone who's. Um, had to play football years and, and, and spent a time of it kind of in the closet, I suppose, um, to see somebody talk and so openly and have that storyline in TV show. I think it's resonated with quite a few people from that, that community, especially when the series will come to an end as Pride Month begins, yes. which I think is quite nice as well. Absolutely, and I, I, I hope that this is a... I hope it's positive. First. I also hope it ends in a really positive way. This oh, story, well, otherwise I'll be fuming. <laughs> but um, you'd like to think that this will now lead more people in to... Uh, Oh yeah, to, to feeling like they are, and especially I think it, it, it shows that football is a place for everyone, and I think that's something I've tried to really, really advertise um, sport in general. But Absolutely. we could, I, I could talk about this for hours. And well, you know, and a, I know I've talked to you about it for hours about you yes. know, being gay in football. Um, and well, stuff it's a like message. That. It's a message we can all get behind. That's exactly. the most important. Thing. Exactly. But we'll um, we'll probably have to bring that conversation to an end now. That's otherwise, fine. we're going to run over, <laughs> which is a shame. But we'll we'll talk about it again. Yeah, we will. Well, uh, we've got another of your songs coming up here. So uh... It's another one from Heartstopper, actually. So, this is my Heartstopper phase. Um, Heartstopper announced the, the new series release date, August 3rd. Wonderful. Uh, in a few, so in a few months' time. This is uh, Clearest Blue. Really good song, really upbeat again.
what a tune. What a tune. Anyway, we're back. It is, of course, it's 11.51. So we've got 10 minutes or so left of this morning's show. Um, and our last segment, it is, of course, with Bryce. It is Eurovision Corner. Um, Bryce, morning. How are we? Uh, I'm doing well. Doing well. Good, good, good. We're going to go straight in. It's another one of your interesting packages. It's about it's national final selections, isn't it? Is that what today's is about? Yep. Yep, so we're going to go straight into that and we'll have a conversation about all things Eurovision before hearing uh, Sweden's uh, Eurovision entry Tattoo by Loreen. Sheffield is hosting one of the many official viewing parties for the Eurovision Song Contest in Liverpool this year. And with rehearsals for the show starting next week, there's no better time to delve into parts of the show that don't usually get much fanfare in the UK. I'm Bryce Ogden and this is the Eurovision Corner. On this edition of the Eurovision Corner, we talk about the many national finals that broadcasters put on to select their Eurovision participant. These are well before the rehearsals and even the semi-finals of the official contest and are usually the start of a participant's journey. Every broadcaster will select their act for Eurovision very differently. They can either select an artist privately or, often, Broadcasters can even host national finals to select their Eurovision act and song. These will often vary in terms of production of the show and the songs themselves, but the main two are Festival di San Remo and Melody Festivalen. The San Remo Festival is one of the most popular national finals, as it was essentially the precursor to Eurovision and even was considered to be the main inspiration for the contest. On the other hand, Melody Festivalen is one of the national finals for Sweden. Now, for those of you who know the show very well, we all know that Sweden have a lot of success, and Melody Festivalen has produced so many incredible acts for Sweden. Artists such as Carola, Charlotte Pirelli, Monsel Malo, Lorene, and of course, Arguably one of the greatest bands of all time, ABBA. You cannot make it up. Now those are the main two national selections, but many broadcasters that aren't those two also decide to put on national finals. In fact, back in the day, the UK hosted a song for Europe. Unfortunately, our successes tended to be, uh, it tended to go quite downhill recently, but with the rise of Sam Ryder, and subsequent artists, who knows what could happen. As I've previously mentioned on the show, Ukraine does tend to actually have a good lot of drama with their national selection. Even this year, the artist that came second decided they wanted to submit an appeal to the Ukrainian broadcaster UAPBC for having their vocals doubled in the backing track as well as having their publisher still operating in Russia. That artist is Krut, and she will also happen to be performing in Sheffield at our official viewing party for the contest, which is going to be very interesting. I hope I can make it there. Who knows what will happen? But that's it from me today. I've been Bryce Ogden for Shoe Radio. Back to the studio, I guess. 
<laughs> back to you guessed right, Bryce. Um, <laughs> back in the studio, uh, Bryce. Very interesting. Always interesting hearing from a, another Eurovision fanatic. Um, you certainly know more about the greatest uh, singing contest on earth than I certainly do. Um, it's quite interesting. I suppose you mentioned um, the UK used to obviously do a song for Europe, um, which sounds as horrendous as it probably was, and as horrendous as some of the acts we probably sent to Eurovision. Um, but you know, just describe maybe, or just suggest to me why. I suppose I, I, we can probably, it's very simple to know why we don't do that anymore. Um, but what was the thinking behind that, do you think, and to, 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 to move away from that kind of thing that has seems to have worked so well for, for other countries that you mentioned? Yeah, I think it's so, been sort of a combination of a lack of successes and just general attitudes towards the contest in the UK. Obviously, 2000s onwards haven't been our best contests as of late, um, but generally, our internal selections tend to be a lot stronger. So, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. It's it's quite interesting, I suppose. You you, you mentioned the internal selections. Obviously, Sam Ryder' um, internal selection went huge on TikTok um, over lockdown with his singing in a shed um, and that kind of thing. And obviously, May Muller are now as well this year. It's quite interesting to see the, the stance that the Britain has, has taken. I suppose then um, we'll move on and actually have a look at, at Lorene's song in, in a second. Um, one of the favourites, but I have, a, I have a controversial Eurovision opinion because obviously she's already won Eurovision, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people who have won Eurovision should be allowed to compete again in the song contest. I feel like you've already won it, won it, let someone else have a go, and I just think it's it's yeah, ridiculous. I what are your thoughts? I don't know. We've, I mean... Hell, we've had Johnny Logan win the contest twice. Lorene could potentially do it again. I think it's always interesting to see previous winners come back and see whether they can sort of continue their success or flop. Very interesting. Dan, again, you've, you've stayed silent during that conversation. Any particular reason why? Well, I don't have a clue about Eurovision. Eurovision. Probably be, be are you going to come to my one. Eurovision party? Please don't say no on the radio. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Probably right. not, no. Perfect. We're uh, just, we're just one of them. having got a couple of technical issues. Yeah, but um, I, I suppose ahead now... Ahead of our last song. Well, ahead of our last song, but it's our last song, so should we maybe close the show out? So we should. Just say a very big thank you to everyone that, um, that has been here yeah. listening and Two tuning hours. into the first. Flew by. It has. It? it did fly that's, by. That's really quite quickly. We'll be back on again 10 till 12 tomorrow. And actually, the most interesting thing we're going to be doing tomorrow is we're sending Dan out on a walk, aren't we? Dan. Um, Dan, Dan, Dan other Dan. Yes. Yeah, other Dan. Dan too. Um, on what can only be described as a pub crawl, but for bakeries. Yes. It's like a two-mile walk around Sheffield, and he visits like 17 bakeries or Sheffield's something like that. Sheffield's equivalent of the Curry Mile, of yeah. course, the famous or the, stretch is it in Run, is that what it's called in, Man- the in Leeds? Pub. Yeah, well, there yeah. you go. Uh, yeah. Interesting, but that's the most interesting. Dan will be live from across Sheffield tomorrow morning, um, doing that, which um, I'm quite jealous that he's going to all these bakeries. <laughs> yeah. But as like we did yesterday, we we played May Muller uh, instead of wrote a song tonight. Uh, well, this morning we're going to finish off with Lorene and her song Tattoo, which is one of the favourites to win this year's Eurovision Song Contest. From me and Dan, we'll see you tomorrow at ten o'clock. Goodbye.
Hello everyone and welcome to your 30 minute rundown on Shoe Radio. My name is Tallulah Pani. And my name is Chloe Maness and we will be keeping you company for the next 30 minutes. Coming up today we've got an exclusive interview with Alyssa Chan from BBC's The Traitors. She'll be here to tell us everything from how she got shortlisted to what Claudia Winkleman is like off camera. We also send Ben Heppenstall to a Sheffield protest about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. And of course, Jim Jeffries will be here with your cinema rundown later in the show. Jim, have you got anything exciting for us this week? 
Well, Salula, I thought because it is our last show before Easter, I'd give you some movie and TV recommendations to keep you occupied over the next two weeks. But much more on that later. Stay tuned for that and make sure you're following us at Shoe Radio on Twitter and Instagram and don't hesitate to get in touch. But before we dive into any of that, here is Ben with today's headlines. The government says membership of an Indo-Pacific trade bloc will boost the UK's economy. It means tariffs will be scrapped on some exports to the other countries in the group. It's the biggest deal Britain has struck since leaving the EU and follows two years of negotiations. Pat McFadden, Labour's shadow chief secretary of the Treasury, has reservations though. We give this a, a welcome but also a cautious welcome because what we've experienced over the past few years is that when the government has signed trade deals, very often once you look at the detail, uh, they're not quite as advantageous as the government has first claimed. Donald Trump's lawyers insist his client is ready to fight criminal allegations, insisting no offence has been committed. We know the case relates to claims surrounding hush money paid to a porn star to keep details of an alleged secret affair secret, but we don't have exact details of the charges. The fire service investigator says the possibility of predators in the sector cannot be ruled out after a critical report found bullying and harassment among staff. The environment's been described as a boys club with reports of firefighters joking about raping a female college colleague before acting it out. General Secretary of the Fire Brigade Union, Matt Rack, says the findings are shocking but not surprising. I don't think people can complain at the top of the fire service that they, as, almost as though they didn't know any of this was going on. Their chief officers, in some cases, they clearly are, for example, discipline cases that they are very well aware of, and in some cases, complaints that have been ignored. And Richard Branston's Virgin Orbit is letting go of almost its entire workforce. 675 posts are going after an unsuccessful satellite, satellite launch from Cornwall in January. That's all from me. Now it's back to Tallulah and Chloe for the rest of the show. everybody and welcome back to your 30 minute rundown my name is Tallulah Pani as the war in Ukraine grinds, grinds on our reporter Ben Heppenstall visited a protest at the city hall to find out who people in Sheffield think is to blame and what people can do to show their support to the people of Ukraine NATO go home Putin go home this is the message painted on flags by stop the war coalition supporters at a protest in Sheffield the protesters believe NATO is partly responsible for the ongoing Russian invasion of Ukraine. Peter Gilbert of Extinction Rebellion believes that NATO's involvement in the conflict is due to the possibility of financial gain. They will blame it on music. 
Despite their opposition to NATO's expansion, Stop the War Coalition has released a statement condemning the actions of Putin and his invasion of Ukraine. Protesters at the event waved flags showing support for Ukrainians. Dick Pitt, Active Secretary of Stop the War in Sheffield, opposed the actions of NATO and demanded a peaceful resolution to the conflict. We have to get away from this, we are under attack and the obvious answer is more military. More military is not the solution. More military to Ukraine is a disaster area. Suppose that you had armed every single Ukrainian. What would they have done? They'd have started shooting at Russians. What would the Russians have done if they were being fired on? And, it, and it's pretty obvious that the escalation, I think, is a disaster area. As news of the first German Leopard tanks reaching Ukraine has been released, and rumours of new Russian T-14 Armata battle tanks making their way to the front lines, Mr Pitt hailed those who still push for a peaceful end to the war. What's inspiring is the Ukrainians that, that approach the Russian soldiers with incredible courage and say, what are you doing here? This isn't your country. We are not your enemy. We're not interested in killing you, but we're not interested in you being in our country. And there's been several reported interventions where people have gone out and met Russian soldiers and argued with them. And that I find incredibly optimistic. There were a number of anti-war groups at the protest in order to discuss ways of helping those in Ukraine from donating money to charities to taking refugees into people's homes. The Stop the War Coalition has already announced three more protests in Sheffield and has said they will continue to protest against Russia and the expansion of NATO until the conflict comes to a peaceful conclusion. Ben Havenstall, Shoe Radio. Now for something a bit lighter. In November, families up and down the country were glued to their screens every Tuesday night to watch the latest episode of the BBC's The Traitors. Presented by Claudia Winkleman, the reality show saw 22 strangers move into a Scottish castle in order to compete in challenges and try and win a large cash prize. That's right, but among the group, there were three traitors who would work together to try and sabotage the rest and win the money for themselves. To talk to us more about the twists and turns of the show, Jim and I spoke to Alyssa Chan, who was one of the original traitors. Okay, so um, let's get straight into it. So let's take you back to like pre-traitors, Alyssa. Um, so when you got like the call or the email or however you were told you accepted, what were like your initial feelings? Was it something you had to weigh up, like the pros and the cons? Or were you instantly like, I want to do this? I was like, let's go for it. I mean, like, because it's a pilot, we didn't really know how it was going to go. Like, I had no preconceptions. So I was just kind of like, why not? Like, as you probably know yourselves, like, I'm going well at the time I was going into my fourth year of uni like it was just that summer break so I was like I've nothing to lose like I can take the time off work I may as well and I probably like if I don't do it now I'll never really get an opportunity again just when I go into the world of work as it were <laughs> um, so I was kind of winging it and then I, I just kept getting like shortlisted and it was actually hilarious like me and my friends were kind of like winging it like we were kind of just laughing about it and then like I just kept getting shortlisted and shortlisted and then we we're like wait this is like not a joke anymore and then all of a sudden like they were like you too you're going to the castle and I was like what is going oh on gosh. but um it, yeah it was nothing 
like I literally just thought it'd be like a fun kind of like who done it in a castle um I really didn't expect it to be as intense as it was by no means yeah so you mentioned how you kept getting shortlisted I'm guessing you didn't really have any idea how big it was going to be in the end because the traitors is huge now yeah it was so weird we had just I mean the whole time like we have a little traitors group chat um, after it was filmed and stuff we were talking about it before it came out and we were like it's just best if we've no expectations that way we can again manage our expectations so we kind of went with low hopes and then once it came out it just it did so well like it really did so great which is bizarre it's such a bizarre concept because if I knew that going into it I think I would have like been more terrified as well I would have probably played a different game but it's just like we're just so grateful for the the reception it's received like it's it's just bizarre we could have never imagined it at all yeah um so in terms of like the aftermath have you found yourself getting much hate and did they like prep you for this did they give you media training things like that yeah we had media training and we had a bit of therapy as well <laughs> um well yeah funny story I, I love so I went on like they tell you in, in the training they're like whatever you do like don't scroll on Twitter like don't search your name like don't do this and that and I went like a few weeks after the traders came out like I went on um I went on Reddit which is like you don't go on Reddit oh no (laughs) big forum yeah but I went on Reddit and there was like this there was like a a thread and it said um it said like the cringiest moment of the traders so I was like okay don't come up don't come up and then like it was stuff about like me framing Nikki because of the whole like raising her glass yeah <laughs> I knew this is coming and I went into the the comments and I got just stuck in like you know it's just curiosity like what are people saying mm-hmm. and they were like oh you know she she's a horrendous like she's a horrible person I can't be she didn't have the decency to apologize this and that but like of course it's an edit and of course I literally apologize right then and there again yeah. After, yeah. after filming she was like taken away straight away when I got out I texted her and then when I had met up with her after like I literally apologized to her so many times but it's obviously not in the edit and I didn't yeah. think to go on Twitter and be like this is an apology to Nikki you know like because that's so like ingenuous <laughs> no, like, why, apology. Do <laughs> why would I ha- do a public apology but anyways these are just going off of me so I couldn't help myself and I was like I can't let them believe this so I commented mm-hmm. I I made a reddit account I didn't have one before I was like Alyssa Chan and then I commented and I was like hey I was like it's Alyssa just wanted did you know I apologize blah 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 and then like I was like yes I did it like the, the truth is out there and then they like replied and they're like okay Bob and then like it's <laughs> <laughs> so bad I, I've had good support here like my family and friends are brilliant so I've been able to separate that people are seeing an edit of me no, like as a character as opposed to me as a person mm. so yeah I don't take the judgments to hurt you know when you were like in there did you have any contact with the outside world like were you allowed your phones or was oh. it nothing no they literally cut you off which is I guess it makes it like really more immersive yeah and I think because that you build bonds with the other contestants because you don't have like your home comforts at all mm. so yeah we were we were completely cut off obviously there was like the the welfare team was in contact with their families just to make sure everything was okay and pass on that we're doing okay so that everyone's you know yeah. happy but like yeah there there was no actual contact until you're out really obviously you mentioned like how loads of people have thought you is like you know there's basically a massive fan club for Claudia Winkleman um <laughs> what was she like on an offset because obviously on some reality shows the presenter isn't portrayed to be very close to the cast but 
with the traitors it was kind of the opposite it seemed like everyone was kind of this big family yeah no claudia was amazing like like on screen and off screen like when the cameras were shooting and off like she was just so she really looked out for us like we she, she was she's really funny like not saying that like I didn't think she was funny but she's really witty and I was like oh my gosh she's amazing like she's just so cool and yeah off camera like she'd check in with us but obviously I think she kind of had to be careful because with her knowing who the traitors are and also just for professionalism and not wanting to get too involved mm-hmm. in the game she had to be a bit more careful it was more like after that we we really got to know her um I know for me in particular like after like my banishment scene like and I just walk off or whatever she like was the first person to console me on like a worried feeling like she literally just grabbed me I was just crying with her for like <laughs> like 15 minutes it's so embarrassing but like that like that was nothing for the cameras there's no cameras like she there was no reason for her to do that yeah. other than like the goodness of her own heart um so like I credit her for that like I, I just think she's amazing and she sent us all like handwritten letters after Aww. the show. Yeah, just to be like, hey, like you did really great, like lots of love, um, which is so kind. And again, like she didn't need to do that at all. Well, that's my weekend sorted then. I know what I'm going to watch. If anybody else wants to watch the first season of Traitors, it is available on BBC iPlayer. Speaking to Alyssa actually got me thinking whether I'd be cut out to be on a reality TV show. We're now joined in the studio with Ben, Jim and Maya. So I'm just wondering, what reality show would you want to go on and why? Jim, let's start with you. Personally, I've become quite an addict to Below Deck at the minute, which um, there's two seasons on um, Netflix. Um, and basically it's all about, like, you know, like expensive yachts and stuff like that. Um, but obviously because I'm broke, um, you know, student life, I can't actually afford to rent out the private yachts. So instead I'd probably have to work on a yacht as either like a steward or a deckhand um, I don't think it'd bother me too much. Um, it'd be fun, definitely be fun, but um, but at the same time it'd be stressful. But that's just like uni, I guess. So, for mine, I would need to get famous because I'd quite like to go on. I'm a celeb. Uh, I quite like the challenges, the food food challenges. Uh, to get famous, Maya's very kindly suggested I uh, go on on date balls. <laughs> So I could always give that a try first. <laughs> so thanks, Maya. I didn't actually say that. You're just making it up. <laughs> For me personally, I wouldn't actually go on any. I know this is going to sound a bit controversial, maybe offensive to some people, but a lot of these shows tend to be full of empty-headed people, so I wouldn't like to sur- you know, surround myself with people like that. So, yeah. I would definitely go on Big Brother because it would just be so funny to stir the pot at any given moment. Or I'd have like a big Megan McKenna moment and just scream <laughs> at the Big Brother camera <laughs> because because I'm hungry or something. But that I think that'd make for really good TV. Uh, yeah. What about you, Chloe? I think I'd actually want to go on The Traitors, maybe just to meet Claudia Winkleman. But I did actually apply with my friends as a joke, but I haven't heard back, so that ship has long sailed. <laughs> okay. Well, listeners, get in touch and let us know which reality show you'd want to appear on. That's at Shoe Radio on Twitter and Instagram. The time is now 3.51, which means it's time for your sports news this week with Maya Masri.
Rangers boss Michael Beale admits there is an extra spring in the step of the Scottish internationals in his squad. Midfielder Ryan Jack was the only Ibrooks player to feature to feature in their wins over Cyprus and Spain last week. But Beale says the results, particularly the victory over Spain, have been a big boost to football in the country. For everybody in Scottish football, I thought it was a really, really top night. It was an excellent game. I thought it was a fantastic performance, so well done to Steve and, and all the players. And I thought it was a, a shot in the arm that the country needed, and it started off that campaign. A disciplinary panel has cleared Michael Vaughan of a racism charge dating back to 2009, but he says that shouldn't take away from the experiences of Azim Rafiq, who experienced institutional racism while at Yorkshire. Vaughan's solicitor, Paul Lunt, says it's been a tough period for the former England captain. I was with him on the day that he found out that these allegations were about him. And I saw the shock and devastation it had on him on that day. There's been nearly two and a half years of some very difficult times. And it has taken a real toll on him, on his family and a number of his friends. Manchester United goalkeeper David De Gea says he is more concerned with securing a top four Premier League finish than a new contract. The shot stopper, whose current, de- uh, whose current deal expires next year, has made more than 400 appearances since moving to Old Trafford in 2011. He tells Sky Sports News it's not the first time there's been speculations about his future. Everton boss Sean Dyke says striker Dominic Calvert-Lewis is edging closer to fitness. He's been struggling with a hamstring injury since the start of February and is yet to return to full training. Dyke is is hopeful that he'll soon have the England international back helping with their fight for Premier League survival. It's been the same over the years, a lot of noise about everything in this club, but players, we just focus on, on games, uh, especially the one we have on, on Sunday is a massive game for us because we want to finish on the top four. That's all from me. Now it's over to Jim for your cinema rundown. Hello everybody and welcome to your weekly cinema rundown with me, Jim Jeffries. This week, filming kicked off for Marvel's Captain America New World Order, starring Anthony Mackie and Harrison Ford. As with any Marvel movie, the plot and other cast members have been kept under lock and key, so here's hoping we get some more details soon. Also, Bill Skarsgård has revealed he is not currently involved with the IT prequel in development at HBO Max. The new show, Welcome to Derry, is still in the early stages of production, but fans are hoping it will feature some backstory for the killer clown, Pennywise. Okay, that's your newsy bits out of the way. So I was thinking, because it's the last show before Easter, how about we go through a few shows and movies you should watch over the break? Does that sound good? I personally think it does. So let's get started with something releasing today, shall we? Raja is getting married! What? This 
New to Netflix is Murder Mystery 2, which dropped actually this morning. Of course, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston are back to reprise their roles as married couple Audrey and Nick splits. Last time, the couple solved a murder while on a long overdue holiday. But this time, the pair have set up their own private investigation agency. They will be finding themselves in some hot water at the centre of an international investigation after their friend is abducted. As with any Adam Sandler film, it's funny, it's lighthearted, and if you ask me, it's the perfect way to kick off your Easter break. I don't even know why we're doing this. It's not a duet. Billy, you wrote a good song, not a great one. Did you guys want to record something or fight more? I'm fine either way. Okay, let's get this uh, started. This is Honeycomb, take one. Can I ask you a question? What do you think the song's about? So what you've just heard there is Daisy Jones and the Six, which is a Prime Video original, which just finished its first season this week. Over the course of 10 episodes, we follow the highs and lows of a band in the 1970s. Now, this isn't something personally that I've watched, but Tallulah has. So Tallulah, can you explain a bit more about the show and what it's actually about? Absolutely, Jim. It has been my favourite series I've ever watched up to, up to now. So it's like, it's a series and it's based loosely off Fleetwood Mac. And it, like you said, it follows a band around in the 1970s. But Riley Keough, um, who is Elvis Presley's granddaughter, plays Daisy Jones and she's one of the main characters. And she plays alongside a Sam Claflin who plays Billy Dunn and he's another main character. And we basically see them both struggle with addiction whilst trying to make their way to the top of the music scene and navigate a love triangle because Billy loves two girls in different ways and we just have to sit and watch it. But if you like an ending that's going to break your heart into two, this series is definitely for you. I mean, I don't know if I want to watch it now or if (laughs) I should be scared of it. No, no, no. Trust me, it's brilliant. Okay, well, (laughs) take Tallulah's their word for for you there. Um, If it sounds like a bit of you, all episodes are available to stream now on Prime Video. Travelling back to my childhood here with this one, that was the trailer for the upcoming Super Mario Bros movie starring Chris Pratt as everyone's favourite Italian plumber. The movie was made by Illumination Studios, which is the same people behind the Despicable Me franchise. Just like the video games, Mario will be going up against Bowser with the help of Princess Peach and Luigi. The film features many classic game elements such as Donkey Kong, go-karting and a whole load of power items. That movie releases next Wednesday, which is the 5th of April, so put it in your diaries. Um, get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram, at Shoe Radio, if you have any movie reviews this week, and recommend any shows to binge over Easter. Now, that is all from me this week. I'll be back after the break with yet another Cinema Rundown. Thank you for that, Jim. Earlier in the show, 
we had from Alyssa Chan from the Traders, a game of lies and deceit with contestants trying to win and a £100,000 cash prize. Me and Tallulah were talking the other day about what we'd do with the money. Tallulah, what is it you said you'd do? I said I would, if I had a £1,000, £100,000, is it? Yes. I would take a trip to Nashville with my family and I would also pay off my mum and dad's mortgage and then if I have anything left over, just save it for a rainy day. Uh, Chloe, what would you do? So I think I'd do a 50-50 split. So with half of it, I'd rent out a villa, a villa for my family and friends, hire a private chef and just, you know, treat them to a nice holiday. And then with the other half, I would save it just to live a comfortable life. Ben, what would you do with the money? So your answers were so grown up. <laughs> and like, <laughs> mine a bit, I think I'd get the award for spending a £100,000 the quickest and the worst. Because I think I'd just spend it on clothes some shoes because you can never have enough shoes <laughs> and maybe a few hats finish off the outfits and then if if i've got anything left might put a deposit down on a house <laughs> to put all my clothes in <laughs> me personally I'll, I'll i'll go on the property ladder so uh, buy a cheap property uh, renovate it and resell it and then with the rest of the money i'll probably go to sicily to find out more about my family well, one of my hobbies at the minute is um, vinyl collecting, um, and it's quite an expensive hobby. <laughs> um, I've currently got a very long list of records that I actually want to buy, so I'd probably work my way down it, tick a few off. I've got quite a few expensive ones on there. Um, and then probably do the same, like you said, Chloe, take my um, family and friends away on a, like, a little holiday. And then I suppose if I have to be a grown-up, um, if there's anything left over, I'll stick it into savings. Well... It's interesting to hear what everyone here would do. We actually put this out to our listeners. One told us that they would spend the money on their year abroad, travelling around Europe, and another said they would do a Ryan Reynolds and buy Barnsley Football Club. Over on Instagram, we also put out a poll to see if people would rather spend or save, and the results are 73% of people would spend it all and the other 27% would save. Well, thank you to everyone who got involved in the poll and shared their spending habits with us. Now, Chloe, don't go anywhere because it's time for your new music Friday. Darling, 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 there's no need to worry. It's just a couple things. If it's you another, there's no need to worry. Cause I can sleep between you. I'm a third So first up, we have Tyler, the creator. The American rapper has been on a hiatus for four years and has now come back with the release of his new album, Call Me If You Get Lost. It acts as a sequel to his 2021 album with the exact same name, but we're lucky enough that he's now added in some extra tracks for this second edition. Next up, we have Softest Touch by Coloured. It was released just 10 hours ago in the wake of his US tour. The track comes from his upcoming album, Everything Is Changing. The album was originally due to be released in 2022, but it's yet to be released still, with no info about a projected date. Got the news just last month That I am exhausting and you're not in love Didn't say it in those words 
Now, an artist that never seems to stop is Maisie Peters. She recently supported Ed Sheeran on his Mathematics World Tour and has since gone from strength to strength. Just yesterday, she released two new tracks, Lost the Breakup and Body Better. They've already racked up thousands of listens in time for a new album just next month. Sadly, that is all we have time for today. If you have any thoughts on anything we've mentioned, get in touch at Shoe Radio on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to everyone who joined us in the studio today, Ben, Maya and Jim. From all of us here, we hope you have a wonderful Easter break and we'll be back in your ears very soon.